They say that time goes faster when you're having fun. I don't think that time goes faster or slower. I don't think that because you are doing something you are enjoying, then God accelerates the time. And when you are doing something boring, he slows it down. I don't think that's the case. 30 minutes remain 30 minutes, but your perception of 30 minutes can depend on what is happening in your life. How you perceive a day, how you perceive a year, depends on what is going on. When we are enjoying something, we are not even thinking about it. We're just into it. And we don't want to let go. That's why when it comes time to go, you feel like, no, I've been here just for a short time. No, you've been here for 10 hours. No time to go home. You've been enjoying, you didn't check time. It's all a perception. It's all about what you think about time. How you feel about time and not what is happening with time. How we feel about circumstances affect our perception of time. Have you experienced moments where you feel like nothing is happening? Like nothing is happening. Feel like nothing is happening for me. Nothing is happening in my world. Like it seems like I'm stuck. Nothing is happening. When you feel like nothing is happening for you, when you are bored, or when you, you are going through hardship and you feel like nothing happening, there is something happening in the background. Uh, let, let me give you an example. If you plan to buy a new phone next year, between now and the time you will buy that phone, someone is designing how that phone will look like. Someone is putting together the pieces that will make that phone. Someone is thinking about how that phone will get to you. Let's assume that the phone is being designed in California. And then they will send the design to China to be put together, to be assembled. Those people who will wake up in the morning and drive to work to put that phone together are not in your life at all. And you feel like nothing is happening. But something is happening for you. Someone is building your phone. And then someone is thinking, how is that phone going to get to, to Australia? People will have meetings around that phone. They will plan. How much are we going to charge for Doug to get this phone? How much can we charge him? And they will think of this and that and this. And then by the time the phone gets to you, there have been hundreds of people who worked on it. While you thought nothing was happening, many things were, were happening. The same thing with the food you eat every day. There are so many people involved for you to get that bread in the shop. Things are always happening. There is no a time that nothing is happening for you. Things are always happening, but we feel like nothing is happening depending on our perception. It's just our perception. It's the same way. God is always busy working on things for us. Always. 
Always. I started from there to help you understand how God works. Even when you don't feel like he is, God is always working on something for you to use and enjoy tomorrow. Even when you don't feel like it. He's working. John 5, 17. Jesus responded to them. My father is still working and I'm working also. NIV says, always working, always at work. God is always at work. So remember that even when you feel like God is not doing anything, even when you think that God is not doing anything, he's still working. We will only celebrate when we see the phone. We don't appreciate those who have been busy making it. The same thing with God. Until we see the result, we don't say thank you to him. Because we don't think he's working until we see the result. Then we say, oh, thank you, God, you've done this. He's been working for years for that result to come to you. He's always at work. But who is he working for? What is God busy for? Here is a, it's a simple way to understand how God works. God is always at work in three dimensions. And the first one is his commitment to your story. God is committed to your story. God is not too busy for you. He's committed to you. You as an individual, he's got 7 billion or more on earth to look after. And each individual is known by name. Each story matters to him. Each story. Let me take you through the story of Joseph. If we go to Genesis 37, 3 to 5. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. And he made a long-sleeved robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. From Genesis 40, uh, 37 to 50, the Bible tells the story of Joseph. The story began when he was 17, 17 years old. The story continues for the following 13 chapters showing God's commitment to Joseph. God gave Joseph dreams. God gave Joseph dreams. The interpretation of dream was that one day his brothers, his family will bow before him. And wise as he was, he told his brothers. This one day, you know, guys, all of you. They didn't want to hear that. They sold him as a slave and they lied to his father that he was killed by a vicious animal. Okay. The story continues. Verse 28. When Midianite traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelite. Who took Joseph to Egypt? God is still committed Joseph. I'm talking about your story. 
God was still involved in Joseph's story. Despite their jealousy, his brothers did not kill him, but decided to sell him as a slave. Why? God was still involved. Someone suggested that they kill him. Someone said it. Let's kill him. I don't know where the idea came from. Let's kill our brother. Hmm. But God was involved. And they did not kill him. They sold him instead. 36, verse 36 of 37. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard. Look, look at this. The Midianites who bought him did not keep him. They sold him to Potiphar. Potiphar was not just a business person, a businessman in Egypt. He was an officer, a military person. Look at how God is working in this story. If it was just any other business person, they could have taken him somewhere. But they sold him to Egyptians. And this particular Egyptian was close to Pharaoh. Was the head of Pharaoh's guard. See how God is orchestrating events. Still involved in Joseph's story. But put yourself in Joseph's shoes. There is no God at all in that moment. Yes. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He sold to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. God was still involved. So let's now go to 39, 19 to 20. When his master heard the story of his wife, uh, his wife told him, these are the things your slave did to me. He was furious and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. Watch this story. I'm, I'm skipping stuff just to help us follow. After Potiphar's wife's attempt to sleep with Joseph failed, she turned the narrative against Joseph and accused Joseph of an attempted rape. That's the story. God for, for Joseph, God is not in it. How could God allow these things after showing me that my brothers will bow to me? Look at what is happening to me. God was still involved. But it was not just any other jail. He was thrown where the king's prisoners were confined. Follow Joseph's story. That specific prison where king's prisoners are kept. He was thrown there. Look at how God is orchestrating things for him. He was still involved. God was still involved. Imagine how God, uh, how Joseph felt in that prison. There was no phones to play games or to text your family. There was no TV to entertain yourself or Netflix. There was no even a book to read for him to entertain himself. Or time went slow in that prison. It felt like centuries to be in that moment with Joseph. I can tell you, it was hard. Time was really slow. Maybe that's how you feel today. 
Maybe you feel like time is going slow. Maybe you feel like God is not involved in your story. Because when you look around, you see the failures, you see the chaos, you see how things are not moving your way. You feel like nothing is happening for me. Joseph felt the same. He felt the same. Like nothing was happening for him. Maybe you feel like God is busy doing things for other people. Yeah, look at all that story. Oh, look at what God did for Pastor Peter. How about me, God? God is busy with Pastor Peter. He's too busy with other people, healing other people, blessing other people. How about me, God? Now God is too busy in Israel. He's too busy in Ukraine. Does he even care about my small story? The answer is he does. He's not too busy with anything to forget you. Never. Never. Because your story matters to God. The king's prison was the most secure prison in Egypt. There was no way Joseph could escape from it. Maybe that's how you feel. You feel like you are now in your prison where your situation feels like a maximum security prison. Things feel, look, and sound impossible for you. Remember, God is still at work. The maximum security prison for Joseph was an opportunity to draw him close and closer to Pharaoh. That maximum security prison was an opportunity for him to draw him closer and closer to destiny. But it didn't feel like that when he was in it. Genesis 41, 9 to 14. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guard. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guard, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us, and each had its own inter interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, <laughs> changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. Joseph's proximity to the king was all part of God's plan. The secure prison became the maximum opportunity. This is what I wrote down. When God is involved, maximum security prisons become a maximum opportunity. When God is involved, your situation, how it feels hard, bad, like it feels sound and test as if nothing is happening. Like this is the end. God tells you your maximum security prison is the maximum opportunity for you because he is involved. He is involved. The story ended with Joseph becoming the prime minister of Egypt. For those who know the story, that's amazing. Remember, he was sold as a slave. And now he became the prime minister of a country where he was not a citizen of. 
imagine how many barriers God broke for him to get there. Not the same race, not the same culture, not the same tradition, not the same religion, nothing, nothing, not the same language, nothing. Prime Minister. Uh, let me prove it in the Bible because some of you still think maybe I'm exaggerating. Genesis 41, 39 to 44. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house and all my people will obey your command. Only I as king will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, see, I'm placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garment and placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot and servants called out before him, make way, make way, make way. So he placed him over all the land of Egypt, including who? Potiphar. And his wife. <laughs> and his wife. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot. I love that. Nobody will raise his foot or his hand in this land without Joseph's permission. Okay. <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> you get the point. They are lives dependent on Joseph. God is committed to your story. Your story matters to God. God is working on your story. I know it feels like nothing is happening in your marriage. Nothing is happening in your health. Nothing is happening in your studies. Nothing is happening. The things that you wanted to see in your children, they are not happening now. And I want you to know God is committed to your story. He's committed to you. Maybe you were about to quit, about to give up. I want you to know, do not give up. God is involved. As long as God is involved, your prison is an opportunity. Do you feel stuck? Your maximum security prison is your maximum opportunity. The way God changes things, I can't tell you how. The way he changes things, barriers becomes opportunity, I don't know how, but he does it. He's got his ways of doing things. At the same time, God was busy, committed to Joseph. He was also working on our story. So God was not just doing that for Joseph. He was also doing that for Joseph's surrounding. So the second circle is our story. God is committed to our story. No one is an island on earth. Our stories, as great as they are, as broken as they are, as chaotic as they are, they are interconnected. They are interconnected. My story involves my family, my church, my community. Everybody around me is connected to that story. God allows things in your life so that he can reach others through you. He blesses you so he can, you can be a blessing to others. He forgives you so you can forgive others. He trains you so you can serve others. God does things on purpose. Your pain is not just for you. This is where things get beautiful. Your pain, not just your money, not just your blessings, not just your opportunities. Your pain, your suffering is not just for you. 
I've seen people using the experience they went through to bless many lives after that. And I'm like, God, why did you allow that to happen? Why did you allow that to happen? Why did you? It's because your pain is not just for you. God is committed to our story, not just my story. He allows things to happen to you so that you can use your experience to help others. Genesis 42, 5-6. The sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all its people. His brothers came and bowed down finally before him with their faces to the ground. They did not just bow. They Faces to the ground. It was finally fulfilled. But because our lives are interdependent, God was committed to Joseph as much as to his family. God used Joseph to feed his family for years, for years, for hundreds of years, his family was connected to that story. There is no our story without my story, and there is no my story without our story. It's all interconnected. So when you are going through something, just tell God, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. If you can use a donkey, if you can use a, a, a rock, you can use me. And I know I'm going through this for a reason. That's why we don't need to complain about circumstances. Just imagine Joseph going through all these years. Why me, God? Why me, God? And one day he says, oh, God, sorry. Sorry, I was complaining all these years. Sorry. I know we can't pray. God, take me through Joseph's experience. No, we can't pray, pray like that. No. But when it comes, thank God for it. Because he's working on our story. We are blessed to bless. Your story did not just start with you and end with you. It will end with God's story, which is the third one. God's story is bigger than our story and my story. Every other story... It's covered under God's story. Joseph's story went for 110 years. He died at 110. That's quite a good life. 110. But his family story has been going on for thousands of years after him. They live like 400 and something years in Egypt. Because of him, he took them there. It was all part of God's plan. Our story, like their story, it's been going on for years after him. But you can see how he impacted that story. But God's story was all God was looking for in Joseph's story. God's story is eternal. The children of Israel's story is for thousands of years. Joseph's story was 110. But God's story is eternal. And it covers all of us. You can see now how Joseph's story involves you. So when Joseph was in prison, enduring the boredom of four words, it was because of you and because of me. Do you want me to link you to Joseph? Okay. You, you get it? Joseph is a grand, great, 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 you know, that generation that bring Moses. Then after Moses, we have, we have the judges, we have the, all that, and then we come to Jesus. 
And Jesus opened the door to all of us. So without Joseph enduring the prison and the pit, the story could have been something else. Mm -hmm. God's story. God's story goes beyond you and your family and your breakfast and your lunch and like the things you are worried about now. God's story goes, reaches far beyond that. The small things we worry about today, when you put them in God's context, it is nothing. Eternity informs every decision God makes. But time informs our decisions. Our concerns are, what happened yesterday? What will happen next week? What will happen next year? God is looking beyond that. Let me give you an example. 40,000 years from now, God is looking how your life will affect that. Not 200 years, 40,000. When God was thinking about Joseph's story, God had you in mind by letting Joseph being sold. Joseph did not know anything about Moses. Moses and Joseph never met. They are all celebrities in the Bible, but they never met. Just like Abraham never met Joseph. Moses never met David. David never met Jesus. Do you know even Jesus never met Paul? Do you know that? Paul never met Jesus. He never seen, he doesn't have a direct account of Jesus in terms of physical account. But their stories all are part of God's story. Interconnected. That's how your story is connected to our story and God's story. So when you are going through pain, remember it's not for you. When you are going through trauma, through stuff in your life, it's not for you. God is cooking something. Mm -hmm. For your grandchildren, for your, your story is not yours. And this is why we have to be careful what the decisions we make. Because they affect generations. We have a very narrow view of what is going on. Very narrow view. Because we think, how is this affecting my happiness? How is this happening, affecting my happiness? I don't, want to be ha I don't want to be miserable. I'm living. I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. Hey, you're not happy you live. Okay. Good on you. Imagine if Joseph said, I'm not happy here. I live. The plan of God could have been jeopardized because of his selfishness. Eternity informs every decision God makes, but time informs our decisions. To most people we call smart, they have a big picture of things. Even the smartest, the greatest visionary who has ever lived doesn't have God perspective. It's just a big picture. It goes for years. Oh, 10 years plan, 20 years plan. And that's it. God has an eternal plan of things. I'm trying to paint a picture in your head to understand how much we should trust God. How much we should trust God because his view is eternal. His view is the view. We should trust him.
Our view is limited. We can complain about things. We can complain about circumstances. But I know God is committed to your story. He's committed to our story. And he's committed to his story. And your story fits into his story. Then why, why care? Why worry? That's why he says you should not worry. Because your story fits into his story. Lord, reveal this to our church. All God's story was leading to one person, Jesus. Jesus is the revelation of God's story. The representation, the manifestation of God's story. Jesus is the door to God's story. To be part of God's eternal story, you must follow Jesus. If you want your life to align with God's story, you must follow Jesus. All the things I've been talking about from Abraham and Joseph and Moses, they were leading to one person called Jesus. Jesus is the door to God's story. It is good to be part of a great church, a great family, a great community, even a great nation. But you are lost for eternity if you don't become part of God's story. You can worry about your story. You can even do something about our story. If you don't fit into God's story, my friend, you are lost eternally. And that's how it is. God's story sees eternity. Our story sees generations. My story sees one life. So we are concerned about my story. And we forget that our story should fit under God's story. To finish, I will read this. Acts 3.13 the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. What they're saying here is, why connect Jesus to these people? Story. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and our ancestors has glorified Jesus. All those people were pointing to one person, Jesus Christ. And your attitude to, toward Jesus will determine your place into eternity. Your neutrality toward Jesus will affect your eternity, my friend. God is committed to my story, to our story, and his story.